You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunnyside Up. I'm your host, Ajit, and today I'm delighted to welcome Abhinav Dasgupta. We're going to deep dive into a very interesting thing, which is rapidly changing partner landscape. Uh, well, a quick intro about uh, Abhinav. He's uh, he's having total 12 years of experience in uh, banking and consulting services. Uh, currently, he's working as director at Visa and responsible for acceptance and uh, merchant relationship for India and South Asia. Uh, well, the interesting part about him, which I like is, or I think I should admire him, he's a quizzer and he's been actively engaged in local and international circuits. So, well, uh, there's something more that we can actually go ahead and ask about him. Uh, but yeah, for today's discussion, I'm going to stick myself to partner because he's been doing that for a very, very long time. Uh, so let's get started. Uh, before I... Uh, talk about let me set the quick context about uh, the topic so the most important thing is how do you co-sale and co-market with the new set of capabilities i think that's where we are going to focus our discussion today so let me kick off thanks welcome to the show abhinav how are you doing today thank you ajit thanks for having me uh glad you mentioned that you would ask only the easier questions and not the tougher quizzing ones uh, <laughs> but yeah sort of Staying afloat, I guess, in the wake of the pandemic, all well here. And uh, likewise, I hope with you as well and with uh, all of our viewers. Absolutely. I think, yes, uh, they, we are absolutely going through tough times, Abhinav, and we both have witnessed it. So, yeah, I, and I hope everybody's whoever is listening is at least safe and healthy. Well, uh, coming back, so let me kick off things by having you walk through your background in the channel okay uh, and most importantly what ultimate got you to end up here where you're right now right thank you um so i've been doing client relationships for i guess one third of my career now around eight out of the 12 years that i've worked and uh, this journey largely started when i moved to consulting so i started out uh, working in 2009 with axis bank uh, where I was part of a payments product team from where I moved to consulting in 2013. And uh, I was at EY for a year and moved to PwC in 2014. And it was largely there that this whole relationship thing started because, um, you know, we, we actually were a group of five people who started that whole payments consulting practice at PwC. We essentially four people from EY who moved to PwC together and one other person who was there at that time at PwC. So five of us there and we started that practice. Now, when you're starting something uh, in any kind of business, it's more about the relationships you have, building more connects, uh, rapidly forming networks and therefore trying to generate business. So that's what got me started. To be honest, in 2009, when I started out work, I never thought I would be able to do sales, to be honest. 
uh, least of all manage relationships with large clients. So uh, at PwC, uh, we sort of started building partnerships and in the course of the next uh, three years that I worked there, we were able to generate a lot of very strong partnerships with clients across different parts of the industry, uh, generate a lot of business. And obviously, the more you grow in the system, the less it is about delivery and the more it is about sales relationships, partnerships, all of that. And over time, I realized I enjoyed doing it too because uh, it's it's this whole thing about meeting new people, understanding new points of view, just having good conversations, learning more. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned the whole quizzing aspect of it. Uh, it's that whole curiosity that also kind of gets uh, stoked with uh, this kind of work. And then uh, it was an easy movement to Visa because uh, at Visa, we thrive on partnerships, right? Like, as you know, Visa doesn't issue cards directly to customers. We issue through banks and we acquire through banks as well, right? All our acceptance is also through banks and other emerging players. So whatever we do is through partnerships. And therefore, it was a kind of natural movement to Visa where uh, partnerships kind of grew on me. And over time, as I've grown at Visa as well, uh, started out small with some of the less important relationships, but now manage uh, some of the key clients at Visa in both India and other parts of South Asia, like Bangladesh and Nepal. So that's kind of how the journey has been uh, onto more significant relationships and more uh, long-lasting outcomes. So yeah, uh, that's, so yeah that's, that's what drives me. I think I, I answered yeah. that as well. Uh, curiosity to know more, uh, just the desire to meet new people, form new relationships. Uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, I think uh, that's fantastic. Thanks for that walkthrough, I would say. It was super exciting to know about the journey. And I think you've been spending a lot of time around this whole partnership thing. So fantastic on that. Uh, so, well, my first question to you would be uh, how partner marketing is likely to continue uh, to evolve in the coming years and uh, what what will it look like from here on? Right. So I think, uh, you know, ironically, and once again, it's, it's how these perspectives change. Honestly, when the lockdown hit around this time last year in March, April, uh, I think there was a lot of anxiety within all of us, which is you know, all, all of us who are in partnerships as to how do we how do we manage the relationships that we have without being able to meet face to face. Like our business thrived on uh, just meeting clients, being present with clients. Uh, I used to travel quite a bit to different parts of the country and South Asia, uh, just meeting clients, trying to do business with them. And therefore, there there was a fair bit of anxiety as to how we would work together with clients. But I think what's worked well, uh, and it's, it's a kind of good tribute to the way humans evolve over time, is that we've learn to work together in a virtual environment and more importantly work together more closely because what's happening is that collaboration now is not dependent on face-to-face meeting at all so earlier if i had to do something with let's say a client in bangalore i would say okay give it another one week i don't think i can travel there for at least 10 days or so once i go there let's talk now it's not like that now okay can we join a call in the second half today, right? Stuff like that, if there's something urgent. So that is leading to nimbler cooperation, collaboration, uh, to swifter decision-making, certainly. And uh, what I think is working well is also better co-creation. 
right? So if, if a client wants to do something where they want, say, Visa's help or say a consultant's help, I'm just going back to my PwC days, then they can quickly get onto a call, get onto a VC and kind of take decisions there and now, right? So the way I look at partner marketing partnerships overall is that, uh, ironically, like I said, things will actually move a little faster than they used to earlier because people have just got used to virtual meeting and uh, you know, taking decisions, moving ahead swiftly. And that, that, I think, is the biggest benefit from the situation that we're in now. The only reason any organization is delayed is probably its own internal processes and not so much partner-related details. I think that's what will eventually evolve. No, I think I think that you made a very great point out here, and I, I really appreciate that. So I think I completely agree to your viewpoint where collaboration is no more dependent on any face-to-face meeting. And this particular context is so important, I would say, when it comes to India, uh, APAC, or even South Asia, or Southeast Asia, per se, because I think culturally somewhere there is always that anxiety that i need to meet this person before things get rolling out either from the partner side or either from from the, the company side or something like that because if that meeting is not happening there's no there's some way or some gap that we always feel but i i like it basically so now you're saying it's more faster uh, and then easier on decision making so i think it's more of a lean process you can call it yeah yeah i agree absolutely Fantastic. And you're absolutely that... right about the cultural aspect of it. In India, particularly, uh, practically nothing used to happen at one point of time without face-to-face meetings. And not just India, like you mentioned, South Asia too. Uh, it, most of my work in Bangladesh and Nepal, uh, for instance, uh, it used to be dependent quite a bit on actually traveling to the market. So uh, that that has changed. Really. Great, great. Well, uh, then... Uh... I would like to next understand is, can you share some light on the new age partnerships? Because now you just spoke the processes or the way to do these things have changed. So how do you really look forward on this new age partnerships? And what's the positivity or negativity that, or upsides and downfalls? So what do you find about it? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Ajit. I think, you know, coming back to that whole point of virtual collaboration, one of the things most companies have been able to do is also scout around for more partners, right? Because again, thanks to the whole virtual scenario, you're able to speak to more people in less time. You don't need to travel to meet them. So you can actually do five calls in a day with five different people. Now, what that's led to um, is a wider collaboration with a larger set of partners. Uh, so for instance, today, at Visa, there are people who exclusively run fintech partnership. Like I wouldn't have thought of that even say three, four years ago. And they have a full-time job just trying to look at what we can do with uh, you know, new use cases, new payment flows uh, in collaboration with newer partners. And I'm speaking of fintech players in uh, different segments who are trying to streamline payments that say the traditional players like banks and large merchants haven't been able to do. And uh, this scenario is therefore leading to collaboration with a lot of other players, like I mentioned, which will only lead to our eventual objective of a less cash and more digital society. So more players coming into the ecosystem is certainly helping. The other thing we're getting to see is uh, wider dissemination of best practices from across the world, 
right? There are a number of uh, global seminars, global uh, webinars, I should say, happening where a lot of people from India are getting to participate, getting to understand best practices around the world and trying to inculcate some of those learnings into their way of doing business. So that's the other thing that's worked well. Like, for instance, we at Visa used to have a a lot of uh, webinars. I mean, not webinars, really. They were largely face-to-face meetings and so on. But now, since they've moved to webinars, we can actually have more participants from across the world uh, being part of those. And therefore, uh, some of those learnings uh, getting generated and getting converted into better business ideas. Uh, That, I think, is the other way this will change. And uh, overall, I think, uh, which again, I I mentioned earlier, we will continue to see uh, nimbler decision-making and uh, faster implementation now in in the absence of uh, physical meetings, uh, which, like I said, was a problem earlier because particularly for technology, you had to be present and uh, you know, all of that for the larger implementation projects. But over time, I think we've evolved into more cloud-based technologies, more virtualization and so on. And uh, that is leading probably to faster implementation that we're seeing. We're, we're also uh, seeing a lot of better workforce realignment, for instance. There are people from different geographies who'd work in, let's say, in a geography that they are not physically present in, uh, which is also leading to faster implementation because quite often workforce prioritization becomes a problem in every geography. Today, for most multinationals, you have a global workforce that is largely fungible. So that works in every, every possible positive way. It's good for the organization, it's nimbler, and it's obviously good for the individual because uh, they get to have more experience in different geographies. So those, I think, are some of the ways in which uh, organizations will evolve. And from a partner marketing perspective, these are, therefore, the things we need to kind of keep in mind as we go along. No, I completely agree with you. And I think, uh, uh, as you rightly said, I think it is more, it has enabled, or I would say it's a partner enablement program in a better way, uh, for sure. Uh, So I think, what I would love to understand now, you spoke about fintech or very specific partners being getting curated or been created in this particular aspect. So uh, when you talk about this partner leaders, what is really working? Okay. And what programs are they doing right? Or as a partnership, I would say. I think uh, when it comes to partner leaders, uh, one of the ways in which I think they're far more attuned to the ecosystem is largely like to do with regulation, for instance, right? Like earlier, you would see a lot of new use cases being developed by a number of fintech partners without perhaps understanding the completely of the land in terms of policy regulation and so on. Uh, Today, I think people are a lot more aware of what can and cannot be done. And we're seeing that in various keys, like think of cryptocurrency, for instance, bunch of players getting into it. Uh, Although the... Uh, regulatory position is kind of still uncertain, but uh, there are there are people who are creating some very nice use cases around crypto. Uh, then think of a sector like gaming, for instance, like think of the likes of Game Eleven and MPL and things like that. Um, there's so much happening in that space. Uh, again, to some extent, driven by the whole lockdown scenario. Uh, I mean, again, 
three, four years back, we would never have thought that virtual gaming would be such a big platform. So I think right. what leaders are really doing right is uh, identifying the right opportunities, identifying the right regulatory environment. And also, I think the to a point I made earlier, collaboration with other industry players has increased to a very large extent. So today, uh, these are being well aware of the lay of the land, having uh, been in business for 60 years. Uh, we are in a far better position to uh, advise some of these newer players on how to kind of uh, grow their business in the industry. And that works very well because some of these players get more... Uh, get more guidance from established people in the industry. And at the same time, we are able to develop and deliver better use cases with some of these players who are nimble to move along. So it's a, it's a nice symbiotic relationship that well, that way. And uh, full credit to the leadership and all these firms there for really displaying a collaborative approach. I think that's uh, to your earlier point on partner marketing, I certainly enjoy working with a lot of the new leaders, uh, just given their uh, affinity uh, to collaborate and just the desire to do more. So it's, uh, I think right. it's, it's really going to evolve the right way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think nobody would have thought about those, uh, you know, online gaming platforms, the way it has been monetized today yeah. uh, and the scale that it has gone to, I think, uh, I think it has been now a part of very important league, which is Indian Premier League, which is one of the richest, I would say, and the huge money spent capacity anybody would have. I think that's where it is all about. And there are so many allied with them who have come and like you mentioned, a couple of them like MPLs and stuff like that. Uh, so I think the whole ball game has been changing. Uh, and this is all uh, within the parameters of not going like it's not like a baiting or something it's like a pure play gaming aspects of it which is getting exactly. out which is yeah. which is yeah. the, which is the point I made about regulation right that people are very well aware of what they can and cannot do and they're doing very it true. right everyone's doing it right correct very true very true and i'm sure there's more to see to this then i think the next question i would have for you is so now we see there are a lot of opportunities that are getting generated so what are some of those key ways you would recommend to the partners to generate opportunities from this partner ecosystems, basically, or your experience so far? Again, to kind of stick to financial services, I think we need to identify opportunities for digitization. So there are sectors today which are still running on cash and paper money, right? So something like agriculture. There's a huge supply chain in agriculture. True. So uh, that entire ecosystem is something that is trying to be digitized, right? And there's, there's a huge opportunity. Um, things like our overall supply chain, right? Supply chain for groceries. Interestingly, today we're, we're trying to do so much work on getting small merchants to accept digital payments. And a lot of us have done good work on that. So today, every neighborhood Kirana store will have at least some form of QR or there's an interesting innovation now called tap to phone where the merchant's own mobile device can act as a contactless uh, accepting uh, instrument, right? So all these low-cost things are evolving. But interestingly, one of the things we forget is that uh, a lot of these merchants accept cash because their upstream payments to their supply chain, to the distributors, are made in cash as well. Right? So they need to have that liquidity running to be able to purchase their stocks and so on. So uh, there is an opportunity waiting to digitize the whole supply chain ecosystem as well. And again, there are players who are doing a pretty good job in 
getting that right, uh, like for instance, the B2B marketplaces that exist today. But again, lots to do over there in terms of uh, digitizing that ecosystem and as a result, getting wider digital acceptance in the downstream channel, which is the, which is the small merchants and Kirana stores that I spoke about. So those are some of the sectors. Then uh, also think of, say, cross-border payments, right? So the whole remittances, right, from different countries into India. India is among the two or three largest recipients of uh, foreign currency in the world from this huge diaspora of Indians who work in different countries and send money here. So again, that entire channel today is quite uh, fragmented. There are a few small players who are doing it, but there's still a huge channel that works through informal sort of ways and means. That's another use case, I think, that's waiting to be digitized. So there are similar things, I mean, I can think of uh, which, uh, which we can look at digitizing. And those are some of the opportunities that uh, that we need partners to identify. And, you know, I think the only way this will really work right is with wider collaboration among different parts of the industry. And I'm, I'm pretty optimistic that in the age of uh, virtualization that will actually happen. So, I mean, if you think of, say, like, I'll give you an example, say, of the supply chain thing that I just spoke about. So, there there are so many players into this. There are players who need to provide those QRs or tap-to-phone technologies to the merchants. Uh, there are networks like ours, obviously, who need to facilitate those payments. There are uh, there are merchants like the B2B marketplaces I spoke about, or even some of the consumer marketplaces, because a lot of these merchants may, for instance, be sellers on, say, Amazon or Flipkart, or maybe delivering food via Swiggy. So there's a role that these merchants play as well in digitizing their seller ecosystem, right? And of course, there are the banks who are the backbone of the payment ecosystem in India. So uh, you need to have cards in every wallet or you need to have apps that provide a QR uh, scanning app. At the same time, you need to have banks that are going to provide those terminals as well as, uh, you know, get get those QRs uh, at every storefront. And if that is not all you have marketing right you have a number of these marketing and visibility agencies uh, who need to provide visibility at merchant outlets who need to train merchants on how to accept payments using digital means so there is collaboration across the industry that uh, we will now see going ahead and uh, you know when i look at what we've been able to achieve in the course of one year um, I mean, you would see, like, even in the beginning of 2020, I don't think, for instance, like, I used to pay my local newspaper vendor only in cash, or uh, even most of my, you know, the, the guy who sells Bada power outside my building, practically only in cash. But today that's changed, right? In a year and a half, practically everything's been digitized, and the pace at which it's happened is tremendous. And that's happened only because of the collaboration we've seen. Obviously, there's a bullwhip, you're right. Uh, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, but that invention did happen right. thanks to the incredible collaboration everyone was able to do. So I think it will only get better from here. No, I completely agree. I think uh, just before getting into our conversation, we were just talking about the same uh, factors, you know, uh, the bullwhip effect into the entire supply chain and the difference we see uh, what was there last year versus this year when we are actually into a deep down shit today but it's still been managed properly by the supply chain it's been fantastically been done there's no crisis like a situation there is but it's on the 
other side of the story not on this side essentials and all those stuff are really streamlined and stuff look uh just one quick pop-up question so you spoke about bullwhip you spoke about supply chain so do you think uh eventually this opportunities that you spoke about would also eliminate or create better ways to look at this whole partner ecosystem and the partner managing system and there will be new players coming into maybe who could play a crucial role into this yes uh, or, absolutely uh, absolutely because you know some of these things i spoke about like agri for instance or the supply chain for groceries uh, mm-hmm. they would need specialists to get in specialists who understand the industry i mean there's a reason a lot of the traditional players haven't been able to digitize this right because you need sector specialization and understanding right so uh, when i just look at fintech i look at digitization i see a lot of opportunity in new players to come in and kind of take the bull uh, by the horns right and in, in all of these sectors and uh, what therefore is our responsibility as some of the older players in the ecosystem is to collaborate uh, in an effective manner with some of these players because we represent expertise in digital form factors payments distribution uh, so it's it's really important for us to identify the right partners to work with partners who we believe will go the distance and uh, really kind of work with them towards greater digitization because like i said some of the new players are doing a fabulous job and uh, with the right kind of understanding guidance uh they can really make a difference in some of these sectors that are yet to be fantastic fantastic thank you so much for that uh well i think i would love to understand maybe one last thing from you is then what are the challenges that could arise or is there a chances to slow the whole evolution of performance based marketing today or, or how do you see this from here on yeah i think a uh, few things that we need to get right uh, i think we need to have uh, like i said wider collaboration is something that is absolutely important in the absence of that there could be a challenge we need a we need an enabling regulatory ecosystem uh, some of it is actually working fine so for instance uh, what the rbi is doing or the government is doing overall to promote digital payments i think is certainly praiseworthy uh obviously that enabling regulatory ecosystem will have to continue which uh, which will ensure that new players find less entry barriers and are able to work better in the indian economy so you know that's that's one thing that needs to continue to work well uh i think most importantly we need to get out of this lockdown scenario <laughs> that that has been slowing down things quite a bit obviously this is more force majeure so not something you or i can take care of but right. the sooner we're out of it the better because you know i think the kind of work we've been able to do even in this kind of control scenario uh, in a completely open scenario i think the sky is the limit there's there's so much more we can do in a completely open and mobile ecosystem right uh, so i think those are some of the things uh, that will continue to I and mean, that will that will have to be right for things to continue no challenges as such that i see really uh, other than these right no 
this is this is good actually abhinav and i think uh, you know uh, this gives a lot of insights when it comes to the partner and the opportunities that you spoke uh, in particular to a segment which could be fintech or in the broader scope also if we have to look i think there's a lot to take away from here so uh, you know i think it's all about you know finding the right partners aligning your goals and you know creating the right incentives uh, to this whole program definitely makes a good partner ecosystem which would uh, take it to the whole new landscape of way the partnership was looked before and then what it is supposed to be today so uh, I, this was super fantastic and uh, you know super insightful for me and i'm sure the listeners would be enjoying this whole conversation uh, yeah let's let's talk about little bit about your quiz being a quizzer about those aspects also so what's the latest and greatest into it where is this passion coming from so one side i could see you love the partner ecosystem you've been trying to really enrich it i think that's the right word and then there is something like a different person altogether a quizzer so how are this getting collaborated and how things are working out for you oh well the two are perhaps not different person ajit because uh, <laughs> you know quizzing to some extent is also actually to a very large extent is about the people you quiz with uh-huh. uh, and practically my best friends are fellow quizzers fantastic uh, and some incredible friends are made over the last uh, decade and half of uh, open quizzing uh, and they're really my support system outside my family so even today even during the pandemic uh, we form each other's support system as we go along uh, so all of us driven by this sort of common passion that unites us all so it's it's perhaps not different <laughs> and uh, it <laughs> right. uh, but i think the other aspect is just like i said curiosity right just the desire yeah. to know more about the world at large uh, that's what drives passion for partners and that's what drives passion for quizzing too makes sense makes sense i love that answer basically fantastic so usually i ask hobbies uh, or what have you taken up recently and i think i already know what you are so anybody just quizzing a lot more so what I, what i would really suggest is you know anybody who's listening to this particular podcast and is getting cu- curious or intrigued by this i think he's the man you need to reach out to him he's he's right on linkedin i think that's okay right people can reach out to you on linkedin abino that should be yeah, fine yeah yeah absolutely that's that's totally fine so i'm <laughs> more of an expert on quizzing than i am about uh, partner marketing <laughs> fantastic so you have the answer guys so good so do search him abhinav das gupta right you could just type in visa and you would really find it very easy to access and find him great uh one last question for you maybe uh anything that you have interesting that you are reading right now or you might want our readers to look at some website or maybe something a quiz show that you want us to listen something which will just you know enhance our knowledge basically so anything on those those lines So oh, there are actually several quizzes uh, in I take part in uh, one of the things that uh, in fact we've just gone virtual so I'm part of the Bombay Quiz Club uh, okay. and uh, we basically used to in the good old days quiz every week at a pub in Bandra uh, mm-hmm. and there were some very good sessions like we used to have pretty large gatherings now of course what's happened is we've moved completely online and uh, our quizzes are accessible to people at a subscription so uh, happy for everyone to take that subscription up and we conduct roughly five or six online quizzes a year which uh, everyone can take part in so just last month itself uh, i co-hosted a literature quiz 
around World Books Day, right, which is on the 23rd of April. So on that right. weekend, on the 25th, we hosted a literature quiz and did a pretty good participation. Close to 200 people took part um, awesome. all over the country and uh, actually two, three people outside India too. So Great. I think we'll continue to do some of these sessions. Like I said, the benefit of going virtual is that uh, anyone can take part. Right? You don't need to be in Mumbai. So would recommend uh, taking up the BQC subscription. It's at a thousand rupees a year and you get like close to around 40, 45 quizzes in a year and also get to take part in all our events. So, yeah. Super. Fantastic for that. All right. I think uh, thank you so much uh, for today's conversation. I, I really enjoyed and thank you so much for walking us through how could really that performance driven partner marketing should be or what are the opportunities that we should going to look forward uh, thank you again and yeah we will continue our conversations going further into one of our another podcasts that i'm actually looking forward to do with you so stay tuned and uh, well to all my listeners who are listening out today uh, we know we are into tough times so definitely keep your near and dear ones close to your heart stay safe try to be healthy i think it's just a phase which will definitely pass out so thank you so much for being patient and listening to us and we hope and we will try bringing such great stories to you uh well this is ajit signing it off thank you so much thank you abino one more time and you too take care of yourself thank you very much ajit for having me and uh, all the very best to you and all our viewers fantastic thank you good day bye Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.